The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning and welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Mary McKenna, in for Kelly Scanlon. We've got a great guest today, an entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Miles Development Industries Corporation, a consulting practice and venture capital acquisition firm. If you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and starting your own business, the book that we're going to talk about today should be at the top of your reading list, Risk Factors and Business Models, Understanding the Five Forces of entrepreneurial risk and the causes of business failure. And the author of that book, D. Anthony Miles, joins us on Smart Companies Radio. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am fabulous. So the SBA Office of Advocacy, the general rule of thumb is uh, a new employer's business has a 50% chance of surviving five years or more. There are a lot of startups and there are a lot of failures, unfortunately. Let's talk about that risk that you're talking about, risk factors and business models in the book. Let's go over some of the risks involved in starting your own business, D. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, based on my research, I've concluded there are basically five categories of risk that entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs experience when they're trying to do a startup venture. Those five risks are personal characteristics, intangible operations risk, enterprise operations risk, market climate risk, and business environment risk. All equally important as far as if you weighted one over another, is one more of or a bigger risk than the others? Probably maybe one or two may be paramount to the others. I would say business climate and market climate risk are probably the most important, and the rest of them uh, kind of piggyback after those two because uh, – the marketplace is definitely a place where most entrepreneurs get murdered because they try to uh, start a business in a saturated market, and they underestimated the market. And a lot of times when they start a business, they're not aware of the market dynamics that are involved when they're trying to uh, uh, enter a, a uh, industry, a particular industry. Okay. And that's, uh, that's been uh, one of the key uh, risks, and also that's the, one of the key areas of why businesses fail, as uh, as you quoted that statistics by the SBA. SBA. Well, let's talk about the five areas. We've explored one. Let's go on down the list. Okay. Personal characteristics have to do with the personal characteristics of the entrepreneur. Uh, age, which means experience, experience in the industry. Uh, gender could be a factor. Ethnicity can be a factor. And uh, also, also business knowledge. So those are some risks that are involved with personal characteristics. The next one is called intangible operations risk. Those are risks that have to do with the business enterprise, which means uh, is the business is the business uh, name copyrighted and protected? Does the business have all their products copyrighted, all the trademarks in order? That deals with more of the legal side of the business. And the uh, operations risk has to do with the operations of the business, like uh, case in point. Does the business know their peaks and valleys? 
in terms of uh, their customer? Do they uh, and I have something called a metric or analytic called customer turnover? Do they understand their customer turnover? How many customers are turning over in their business? Most uh, startups and most companies that are created, they don't even know that information. Walmart actually uh, keeps up with that type of information because they use a lot of predictive analytics and statistics in their uh, business operations. And that's why a lot of small businesses cannot compete with Walmart. Mm -hmm. So they definitely need to understand their enterprise operations. Next is market climate, which I talked about earlier, I'll right. to earlier. Market climate means how saturated is the marketplace, how many competitors that you have, uh, how many competitors dominate that industry. And also, you also have to deal with, uh, is it a commodity type of business? Is it a common business that's in the marketplace? Because that has a lot to do with the risk. And lastly, my favorite one actually out of the five is called business environment risk. Meaning, can the business sustain its profitability based on the environment? An environment can mean extreme weather conditions. If it have, if you have a snowstorm, can the business maintain its profitability during the extreme weather conditions like what's going on on the East Coast? Uh, well, is your business completely shut down? The next one with that is security. Is the business vulnerable to terrorist activity? Uh, say if you're in the tourism industry and you have a terrorist attack in a particular market area, well, that shuts your business down, and that's a risk. And also, the other part of risk is, is the business secure in terms of can someone uh, break into your business or can a hacker hack your computer system? Because that will shut your uh, operations down. It will also affect your profitability. So business environment, I may go back and speak out of both sides of my mouth, <laughs> business environment is just as important as a market climate risk, because if it's extreme weather conditions, it totally shuts down the profitability of the business. Let's talk a little bit about this academic research that you did regarding all the risk patterns. Where did you do your research and over how many years? How was it compiled? This was over a six-year period. Over a six-year period, I studied the risk patterns of business ventures, new ventures and current businesses that are already in operations. And uh, I collected data. I actually did two studies, or actually three studies. And I uh, collected data. I uh, had some. I did some work with the SBA. I did some work with the Small Business Development Center, which uh, most universities have in uh, the municipalities or the, or the uh, wherever the uh, the universities are located. They have a Small Business Development Center. And I also did some work with uh, some of the local chambers of commerce. I uh, compiled the data from about 500, and I'm being conservative, about 500 uh, startups and business ventures. And uh, I also, while I was conducting a research, I won a fellowship for my doctoral research in entrepreneurship. I won a fellowship. They flew me to Anaheim, California, and I presented this as a topic at a uh, academic conference. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, uh, I have about a six-year study that I was con- uh, compiling together on uh uh, entrepreneurial risk and how I came up with these five factors and why they're important to uh, business success and profitability. Now, you're an entrepreneur yourself, correct? Yes. Uh, I built my consulting practice based on you know my background of doing research on startup and startup companies. And uh, so I built my consulting practice around that. And my consulting practice is a rather unique business. I uh, work with professional athletes, uh, lottery winners, and high net worth individuals about uh, startup ventures. And uh, because of that, I also springboard to another area that I did not know. It was a hidden market. Uh, a lot of businesses 
or a lot of um, people that are, are high net worth people, mm-hmm. they're uh, vulnerable to business scams. Okay, and I, that's what they call me in for to evaluate the business based on my research on startup companies. And uh, I see a lot of business scams. Actually, I'm writing a book with another co-author about business scams. It's kind of a uh, kind of a continuation of my uh, research on uh, business risk and uh, entrepreneur risk. What are some of the biggest so, so, scams out there plaguing business owners? The scams are getting more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And the uh, first thing that I advise my clients is when someone comes to you with a business opportunity and they don't have a business plan or they don't have any way of telling you what the business is about, but they want you to give all this money, that's a red flag. Um, I was interviewed for another uh, show, and uh, uh, I don't know if the powers that be had any influence on it, but uh, have you ever heard of uh, uh, multi-level marketing? Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that? Uh, very much so, yes. Not personally okay. for the most part, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, a lot of my clients have been hit on by multi-level marketing people. Okay, and that's one of that's I have an air of expertise in uh, dealing with a uh, multi-level marketing companies, and uh, one of my clients uh, was approached by a multi-level marketing uh, company or individual representing a multi-level marketing company, and I I discouraged him from uh, engaging in that type of business because the uh, statistics show that those businesses do not pan out. And basically, uh, what this what this particular individual was being approached by with this type of company, where don't laugh, Mary, when I tell you this, okay? This is funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was around the time when uh, gas prices were up, mm-hmm. and uh, this individual approached uh, my client and told him about a pill that you put in your gas tank that would increase your gas mileage by a hundred miles per gallon. Okay? What? Oh, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Okay. I won't say the company so I don't get so the legal action get taken against me, but uh yes. And uh I I told my uh client that I do not want you to make any commitments with this individual until uh I've done my due diligence. And when I came back and reported to my client, obviously he paid me my fee. My client was was uh, just astounded by the, these type of businesses that uh, approach people. That's one of them, Mary. I, I can name about at least 10. At least 10. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll get a, a laundry list of those as well as why this book, Risk Factors and Business Models, is a must-buy if you are thinking about starting a business. We are talking to D. Anthony Miles, and he has uh, done his due diligence, as he just said, and a lot of research on entrepreneurial risk and the causes of business failure. We're going to take a short break and we'll continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. 
Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just, I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget, get out of debt, set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute. Hi, I'm Tamika Bryant. And I'm Christy Porter. We're here to talk about real estate that matters. We're going to talk about everything real estate. Anything you want to know from buying a house to selling a house, from investing in real estate to flipping real estate. We invite you to listen every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. or on demand with our podcast. Right here on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. Just tune in at 9 o'clock Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> Can we just do that? 9 o'clock, don't touch it. Just sit by your radio and wait. And welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. Hi, I'm Mary McKenna in for Kelly Scalin today. And our guest is DeAnthony Miles, an entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Miles Development Industries, an award-winning professor and researcher. And we've been talking about his research this morning. Uh, Miles also serves as a legal expert witness, providing expert testimony for local, state, and federal cases. And you've got your, uh, your own radio talk show, Game On, Business Talk Radio. We'll have to have a reciprocal guest only I'll, I'll let Kelly Scanlon oh, absolutely. sit absolutely. in, <laughs> not me. Absolutely. I was approached by the show, and uh, it was, it's, I'm still, it's still in the works. I'm just putting together some shows that are, that are you know, cutting-edge type of things and definitely talk about business scams. <laughs> yeah, you said there are lots of them, and so much so that you, like, have a top ten list. What's the number one scam if there is such a thing? The, the Some of the things I've been seeing, and remember, a lot of these scams, they morph into different things. Uh, a lot of, obviously, the multi-level marketing stuff. I've seen scams about investment scams, which are more sophisticated, where, where people invest in uh, startup companies that never pan out. That's, a, that's a, a, one of the, a lot of ones that I see. Another one would be uh, investment property in real estate. The uh, clients are not sa- real estate savvy. So they get caught up with property that that's uh, that's not as described as by the uh, person that approached them. Those type of scams and well, so uh, what's really bad is the scams are getting more sophisticated. And now you're talking about uh, involving international individuals and international companies. The scams are getting more sophisticated. And one of the things that you normally see in terms of the scams is there a lot of them are financial. A lot of them have to do with uh, investment in, in businesses and startups. A lot of them are product-related scams, you know, outrageous product claims. So they're probably, out of the 10 that I see, there's really, if you want to break it down, there's really three types of scams, okay? My money and investment, mm-hmm. uh, property and real estate. And last one will be uh, more product-related scams, like uh, exaggerated product claims. A lot of the scams, those product scams are based on things you can't prove or you don't have any clinical trials on. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the basis of their scam because people, oh, you never heard of this company because it's a new company and it's, a, it's you know, you got to get it on the ground floor. So they push people, they try to rush a lot of my clients and they come talk to me and I say, listen, uh, let me, before you get back to the guy, let me do my, let me do my due diligence. And I've saved a lot of my clients millions of dollars. Well, entrepreneurs need to understand the perils of all these types of risks. How many people pick up the book and go, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't become an entrepreneur. <laughs> well, I like to think my book is a, is a wake-up call. And, and, and I, I, I like to tell people who, who want to read my book, I like to say that, hey, my book is, is to tell you the things not to do. So if you don't do these things, you have a higher probability of being successful. If you understand your marketplace, if you understand that uh, statistics, how things could work against you, you can make better decisions about, about your startup business. Because, um, you know, maybe you may be in a bad industry. Maybe the industry is saturated. Maybe the, where you are in the country may, may not be the optimal place for you to start that type of business. So my book is more of a cautionary tale, and, I, and, I, and my book isn't to discourage people from being entrepreneurs. It's to help them make better decisions so they can go on to make a profitable business and be successful. I like to think my business is what you should read in entrepreneurship literature. When I uh, started my book, uh, Mary, there were no books on the market that, that uh, discuss specifically entrepreneurial risk. A lot of the books on the marketplace that deal with entrepreneurship a lot of the books uh, talk about the wonders and the great success stories about starting your own business, but they don't talk about the downside. For every successful business that, that made it or, you know, out of the herd, there are probably 100 to 1,000 that did make it, okay? And, and because of that, one of the things that I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to make myself my, uh, known in the marketplace is I want to write a book that would help entrepreneurs avoid those things, why businesses fail. And I think I've been pretty successful at it. How long have you had your consulting company, Anthony? I've had my consulting practice about five years. I was doing it and wasn't calling it a consulting practice. I was doing it before I actually started the practice and copyrighted my name and trademarked my name. I was doing it about five years before that. I was also presenting at conferences, and I was getting hit on by people that wanted to start businesses. And, they, and uh, I said, I need to probably uh, make this a business because I'm ke- I, keep getting, uh, I keep getting asked about startup dynamics. Uh, what do you do to start a business? I've actually done work with the uh, SBA. I've done work with small business development centers, and I've also done work with SCORE. So that's basically how I built my consulting practice based on, you know, my experience with uh, startup companies. That's how I got into my consulting practice. And, of, and of course, before you got into the practice, you were giving away a lot of information for free. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would call it uh, pro bono work. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah, interesting. I was a lot of pro bono work. How when you have friends or acquaintances who reach out to you and uh, just want to pick your brain, that that's actually what you do for a living, and you know you wouldn't mind a check after the thirty-minute session. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I I normally uh, the reason that I switched to high-end clients was because a lot of the people that were trying to start businesses on a on a much lower scale. They weren't sure about what they wanted to do. They didn't have a business plan. So when I talk to high-end clients, they normally have a team of advisors for that, and I'm the, I'm the advisor that's on the team, 
and I have a specialized skill that uh, that attorney can't do, or a or, or a accountant can't do, or a CPA or a lawyer. So I I embody all of those things of the other three people because I know I understand the business side, I understand the legal side, and I also understand the accounting side. So I have a very unique skill set that. Uh, in other words, people want me on their team because I bring I bring that skill set. I mean, it's, you know, in law school they don't study startup companies; they study the practice of law. Uh, CPAs don't study that; they study the mechanics of accounting. You know how to look at the numbers. So I bridge the gap between all of those holes that are there between the other people on the uh, on the business advisory team. That's what I do. You uh, mentioned that you're in your research. You tracked. Uh, the business patterns and the risk patterns for nearly 500 small businesses. How long ago did you do the research? And of those 500 small businesses, curiously, how many of them are still in business? Oh, you sure you want to go there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The ones, well, remember when I was doing a business, when I was doing my study, a lot of the, it was anonymous. I, I, I tracked them by industry, so I didn't know any specific people you know, by business name or anything, but uh, I was approached actually about doing a longitudinal study. So if I, I can't really tell you which ones are still in business, I would say uh, the people that I know filled out my survey that I've encountered uh, locally, most of them are still in business. And uh, uh, I would say probably, if you want to break it down to a number, I would say probably 30 to 40% of them are still in business. We're speaking with D. Anthony Miles, who uh, is author of the book Risk Factors and Business Models. And if you're thinking about starting a business, this book should be at the top of your list. It's not the only book or information you can seek out there, but it does cover the risk factors that you have to give some serious thought to before you open the doors for business. Where can they find your book, D? My book is available at uh, Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, it's also available at Barnes & Noble. And also, you can, I think you can get my book on eBay. Yes, uh, yeah, you can get it on eBay. Uh, my book is available at those major uh, outlets. And uh, uh, I, found, I found out recently that my book was sold out on Amazon, so they're replenishing that. I heard but that it, as well, yes. Yeah, it's available, it's available on you know, Amazon.com and uh, Barnes and & Noble and eBay. This is my second book. The third book that I'm writing is on forensics and marketing. I have a co-author for the book, and also I'm writing a book on criminal entrepreneurship, which you'll love, Mary. Well, well, well uh, stop. Criminal, criminal, criminal entrepreneurship. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. Absolutely, I'm actually, I actually have two co-authors for that, and we're we're negotiating with a publisher. But but, and, uh, but what is criminal entrepreneurship? You can't leave me hanging like that. Oh yeah, that that's going to be a blockbuster. Criminal entrepreneurship. Is taking the uh, field of entrepreneurship and applying it in a, a illegal or illicit uh, manner, like uh, what you would consider criminal enterprise. A criminal enterprise is a business that's operating uh, illegally. Well, that's probably the best way to explain okay, it. Okay, so is it a how-to book? <laughs> no, it's not a how-to book. What, the basis of this book is to show what types of businesses are more prone to criminal activity, like uh, loan sharking, mm-hmm. uh, prostitution, mm-hmm. uh, drug cartels, organized crime. Those are type of those are type of illegal entrepreneurship. Scams, 
Ponzi schemes. It was mm-hmm. a form of uh, illegal or uh, criminal entrepreneurship. But the t- working title for now is uh, criminal enterprises, the scourge of uh, criminal entrepreneurship. I think a how-to book would be better, but you know, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not in the literary. <laughs> the FBI will be talking with me very soon. <laughs> D. Anthony Miles, we've been discussing his book, The Risk Factors and Business Models, Understanding the Five Forces of Entrepreneurial Risk. Do you have a website, D.? My website is www.mdicorpventures.com. And if you go to the website, I have my two books. You'll see the, the covers of my two books. And I'm going to work with the web developers to add the uh, third book that we're working on. There you go. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. If your listeners want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. And uh, my book is on LinkedIn as well. I have a link to the Amazon page. Very good. And if you Google, I can almost guarantee you this, if you Google D. Anthony Miles, Ph.D., they'll find you. And we've enjoyed your guest appearance today on Smart Companies Radio, uh, normally hosted by Kelly Scanlon. This is Mary McKenna in for Kelly today. And if you'd like to learn more about how to run your business and grow your business, of course, go to our website, ithinkbigger.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Have a great weekend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.